But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. My name is Cody Ryan. Today I'm joined by once again co-host Booby Styles. How's it going, Bobby? I'm doing pretty well, Cody. How are you? It's I'm, a loaded question. I'm doing well. It is a loaded question. Um, you know, on it's a good news, bad news situation. The good news is uh, it's Sixers playoff night and they just wallop the Raptors to go up 2-1 in the series. Um, if you're watching this in the future and we end up losing... Um, I knew they were going to lose and I'm smarter than you. Um, but if they're winning, yeah, I knew that was going to happen too. Uh, the bad news is I've been pissing straight fire. Uh, it's not an STD. I'm, I'm not worried about that. It's a mixtape. Nope. It's not a mixtape. It's when I go to the bathroom, sometimes, uh, it flares up a little bit of inflammation and it, it burns. Bars. No, well. It was. It started last night uh, when my girlfriend's parents were over for dinner, and I were, was not able to eat dinner with them because I was um, pissing fire. But you know, we we push on. We got a Sixers win. Happy about that. Probably won't address this problem in any manner at all. Just kind of ride it out and um, piss in my seat at the Sixers game on Sunday. Anyway, Bobby, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Like you said, the uh, Sixers just completely fucking embarrassed the Raptors. Uh, Kawhi Leonard missed apparently no shots, and yet the Raptors lost by 25 points. <laughs> He's so, never uh, missed a shot. So uh, I'm doing pretty fucking well, man. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, now let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is not great at all. It's going to make us sad in the end. Um, so one thing we've been talking about lately is, you know, we're both kind of growing into adults. You're, you know, moving into a new apartment, and I've got this great vacation plan, and, you know, I didn't have a lot of vacations as a kid. Um, so for me, like to, to go on, this is kind of a family vacation. I'm going with my girlfriend's family. Um, we're going to Mexico. It's, it's the kind of just never been able to go on. So it was really cool. And then, um, I was thinking about recently as well, Elizabeth Warren, president, presidential candidate, uh, for the United States. Don't like to get too political on here, but she had this plan. Um, Bobby, you probably could explain it better than me because you're better read. But as I understand it, if you're with under, under with, under a certain threshold, you will have relief from your student loans. So this is obviously something that affects me and Bobby directly because we have student loans that would be forgiven under this plan. But we were kind of talking about it, thinking about it like, you know, we're becoming adults and we want to take vacations. And like the idea that we could just have that gone would change our lives, really. Right. So the plan, as I understand it, is that if you make under $100,000 a year, you would get $50,000 of student loan, student loan relief. So if you make $85,000, you have $40,000 of student loans left over. It's wiped out. If you make over $100,000, for every $3 that you make over that threshold, it's a $1 reduction in debt relief. So if you make $160,000 a year, you get $20,000 in debt relief. Good Which, math. Yeah, so 
I'm, I hope that's right. Cody, Cody being uh, under the weather led to me having more beers before this started than I was originally planning. You don't have to tell the people you're an alcoholic. We can just assume it through various episodes of reading your personality. They'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, so basically the idea is that if you are making the amount of money in which you would actually be struggling with student loans, you would get a lot, a lot of relief. And if you're making the amount of money where you wouldn't be necessarily... Like, if you're making, it would have to be two, or what, $190,000, I think, for you to get no relief. Like, you're doing fucking fine. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. so, basically it is the the fight club, like, knocking down the credit card industry Yeah. Um, of our generation. Like, just kind of wiping the slate clean, or close to clean for a lot of people, and just giving them a lot of freedom to do stuff. My cousin is a mortgage consultant now, and he is... Very excited for this because he's saying when people get their debt knocked out by this, they're going to have a lot more money to spend on fucking houses, yeah. which is good for him, but it's also good for people to be able to, like, start their lives in the yeah, way the that... the fucking economy and stuff. We, like, everyone, everyone grew up thinking, like, by 30, 35, you'll be able to start your life, buy your house, and things like this, but they'd come out of college with these loans. They went to college because they were told they have to go to college in order to... You know, make it's the this, American dream hap- happen, make them make their lives better than their parents. Yeah, the it's a snake eating the tail, honestly. It's, you know, you're saying, I want to go to school and I want to do that to put myself in a better situation. But to even do it, you have to sink yourself into such bad situation. So I've heard a lot of people debate it. Again, we're not a political podcast. My view is that you can say all day, well, it's not fair to the people that already had their loans, you know, paid off. It's not fair that predatory practices took advantage of kids, you know, like to be punished before we ever got out of school. You know, we had to live through the housing crisis. Our tax dollars are still going to that and a failing social security. And then we're fucked right out the gate, too, with, uh, you know, largest amount of debt ever to be saddled on a generation um, coming out of college. It's you're just fucked from the get go. So. Bobby and I are talking, you know, we're, we're trying to do better things in our lives, grow and be better people. And we go on vacations. We like to have fun. And I, I've got one coming up to Mexico, but, you know, in my head, it's just like I, everything is, you know, budgeted so strongly because I'm afraid to go back to a world where I have to struggle. And I know, Bobby, you have to struggle as well. I think if you're comfortable, we should just say, you know, how much debt we're saddled with right now, if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, so... Um, my situation is kind of weird because my bigger loans are in my parents' name, so I pay them for them, but I pay them. So I don't, like, they have the password for it. I don't have direct access to it at all times. But I came out of college with, like, $100,000 in loans because I was a fucking dumbass, and it took me five years to graduate. And when you have that much and you're, like, on, a like, a 10-year plan, it's just, like, so much that you have to pay every month. And out of college, basically until a year ago, I was contract to hire um, jobs like that where I didn't have benefits and I didn't have vacation. Yeah, so, you're basically just like you're at the will of them at all times. You miss a day, you lose that job. Right. And I, I wanted to work as much as I can, not because like I'm a pretty hard worker, but not because I want to work a lot, but because I'm like, this is how I stand out. I'm always here. I'm always doing a good job. And so I never, 
I think I like had one vacation day at my first job because I like earned it through some incentive program. But aside from that, I never took days off for yeah. years and years after I graduated. Yeah, and I want to back up a little bit. You know, you you're saying a hundred thousand dollars. How much is that a month that you have to pay? Um, it's a little over a thousand, and I've missed a couple of payments, which has also tanked my credit score, which has not helped. So you you have to pay a grand. Like, I mean, you're not going to get any job right out of school that's going to like let you pay that and live super comfortably. And, you know, you said you had to take the fifth year because you're a dumbass. It's like, you know, I could be a real jerk and, you know, do my old uh, character, Bobby. You know, why didn't you just quit after four years if you're such a dumbass? Like, just write out that. But, I mean, it's that's the thing, though. It's like, once you commit to, like, one year, you might as well go the whole college way because it's, like, in for a penny and for a pound. I, I was lucky. I went to Delaware, and I was from Delaware, so I got a really good deal. It's a really expensive school if you don't go. And I was also poor enough growing up that I got, like, the max amount of grants, which was cool. The only scholarship I had was, like, got it starting my sophomore year. It was, like, $1,000 per semester, which was great. In the end, I left with about twenty five dollars to $30,000 in debt. Um, I pay currently two twenty five, but I'm on a gradual schedule. So, basically, I just bet on myself enough that my salary would keep rising that hopefully I can outpace it, which yeah. I will say I've done a pretty good job with that. But at the end of the day, it's like, could you imagine in Bobby's budget, you know, a thousand dollars being lifted up, but even two hundred fifty, like for me, I mean, it's not quite two fifty. That's still a lot of money, though. That's like so many more things I can do and put that towards. Exactly, and honestly, like I don't know if this is a remainder of some kind of Catholic guilt or the fact that I used to be like a libertarian in my dark past, but like. Student loan forgiveness is not necessarily something that I'm going to vote on as much as it would help me. Because, like, I, I chose to go to Penn State. I chose to be basically a fucking dumbass for a lot of my time there. So I put myself in the hole. But the way that it would change my life, like, if it did happen, is absolutely unbelievable. The things that I could do with that extra money a month, just, like, the extra comfort, um, the extra stability that I would have, it's un. You really can't describe it. Like, we're about to talk about vacation, and I was just saying, like, I would never take vacation when I was contract to hire. I'm full-time now. I get vacation, like, all that, and I'm still, like, I have not actual PTSD, but, like, I have it in the back of my mind. Like, I can't take vacation. Like, I got to work. I got to work, work, work. If I take vacation, what if they find out they can function without me? Then I'm gone. Yeah, you're, you're always on edge. And, you know, for me, I, I kind of felt the same way for a while where, like, I wouldn't take my vacations. Like, I was more the guy who would take off, like, every Friday in December to just have shorter weeks but still be there the whole week. And But this one job, they would force me to take a one-week vacation. It was like, and you're in that job now. It's a compliance thing. Um, and it used to be two weeks, but, of course, I got screwed when I got hired. They took away a week of vacation. And then after I got hired the next year, they gave everybody signing bonuses, including the interns. So... I was really lucky there. Um, but, you know, I joined and they say you got to take a week of vacation, like straight through. Because we need to, you know, be able to basically say why you're not here, things don't go crazy. And I remember, like, the first one I took, I ended up going to um, London. And it was the first time I'd ever been on a plane. I was 22 years old. It was the first time I ever got a passport, first time I ever got on a plane. I went to London by myself. It was one of the greatest experiences I ever had. 
And I remember coming back and thinking, I don't need to do something big like that for a while. Because I wasn't born in a way that we would take a vacation every year. It wasn't in the budget. So I thought I'd be fine. But then I realized, you know, the next time I had a one-week vacation, I just took off the whole week and just stayed in Philly. And I had stuff that was going on. It was still fun. But, like, I realized I kind of immensely needed that one-week break, regardless of if it was here or somewhere else. But then this, you know, this desire in me, like, I want to go places. I want to do things. I don't want to just sit at my house for a week. You know, that was desired me, but it was this counter desire. And it came down to the question, the real question of this entire podcast of, are you even allowed to have any fun if you've had so much debt? Like, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, it is dissimilar in some way, but it's not dissimilar from the fact that um, a lot of states have nutritional uh, limits on food stamps and things like that. Yeah. Like, you can only buy these kinds of foods. You can't buy these other kinds of foods that are bad for you. Like the fact that you have less money, you're going to, we have to force you to be uh, more responsible in the way that we view as being responsible. And it's not strictly enforced on people that have a lot of debt, but it's socially enforced. Like every goddamn article, the, the most recent one that everyone got really mad at was the people that were like, Oh, we make $250,000 a year, but it feels like we're just scraping by. Yeah. And, and that, like, oh, if we feel that way, then like you making much less and having this much debt, like you basically don't deserve to have any fun. But those people were like, the amount of expenses that they had was like, oh, my, my kid's cello practices cost $60,000 Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> fuck off. My, I, don't, my, I don't feel bad for you. You my make kids, a lot of money. I never took cello. Yeah, my kids, kids can play fucking... They train with a hologram of Hakeem, Elijah, <laughs> Hakeem the Dream Elijah on every week. And, you know, we we stick strictly to that schedule and they just need to do that. It's like, no, your fucking kid doesn't need to do... Your kid's going to turn out five, six. You're wasting everybody's fucking time. We only net $20,000 a year in saving because we pay for an Hakeem Olajuwon hologram to teach him how to do drop steps. Yeah, and then <laughs> the fucking uh, report recently, and I get... I think people are a little too harsh on it, but the guy who donated $30 million to research why people are poor, as if this isn't something that already exists in sociology, like a shit ton, he could have just asked. We would have told him. It's just a fucking he cycle. He could have been taxed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Along with other people that have as much money as he does, and then there would not be... Yeah, and, but even to address it, like, why are people poor? What is the solution? It's not a fucking disease. You're not poor by, like... You know, infection. You're poor because of a cycle. And I've broken out of it. And I, I I, don't think at this point... Like, I always felt weird saying that. But I don't think at this point I have to, like, be ashamed of it. Like, I legitimately, like, got out of the poor cycle. But I'm not that kind of person who went from, like, rag to riches. and Not really riches, but, like, rags to middle class. I don't look back and go, well, I did it. You can do it, too. I look back and go, man, that sucked ass. Are other people having to do this? That sucks ass, too. Like... And then you get to vacations and you're working all year long. Finally, you got to that thing of like, here, I'm, I'm here to do it. You're excited. You're, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed. And then you get run down and you need that break. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I can go to Greece and have the experience of my life. But I can also go to a, you know, Airbnb and like Detroit and just see what the deal with that city is. If it's actually up and coming, like, and you have to play that mental math. And I get it. Look, I'm not saying if you don't have the money, you should just ball out because, you know, you want to treat yourself. 
I'm just saying that even when I have the money, I don't feel like I have the money. And I feel like that's a very real feeling amongst all of my friends. Oh, yeah. Everyone everyone that's our age, um, aside from people that don't have debt, I guess, which is not that many people, they feel like they feel like they have obligations, financial obligations, and they do. They have this fucking debt hanging over their head, um, and they need to get out from under it. And the balancing act is, how do I get out from that, but how am I not miserable the entire time? Like... How do I get out from that and I'm still intact enough, like, psychologically, once I do so, that I'm not, like, an austere psycho once I do? Yeah, and I think the the point I'm trying to make is it's not like I'm bad at budgeting. I look at my budgets every single day. I'm that obsessed with it. And I still have no presence, no understanding of what I'm doing in my spending. I can buy a shirt and, like, sometimes that shirt feels like... I bought a little nice thing for myself. It was 20 bucks, whatever. Sometimes that shirt feels like you just gave up the fun that you wanted to do for the next week for this shirt. And then I do the budgets and it's it's off. And then other times I'm like, well, yeah, I, I overcorrected last time. I only bought one shirt all month and it turns out, you know, I saved like $1,000 because literally my whole fun for the month was I bought a shirt. So then I buy like a couple shirts and I go to a couple games like, Oh, now you owe, um, you know, this credit card company $20,000. I'm like, whoa, I didn't really, like, grasp that. No, I've, I've never even had a month where I went, like, too grossly over, but it's just very much, like, I don't have any kind of sense of am I okay and, like, are the things I'm doing fine? You know, I can read articles all day that say, this is how much you should save for vacation and spend for vacation and do this, and it never seems right. I remember doing calculators of here's my salary, here's what you should pay in rent, and thinking... How the fuck am I going to live on that rent? What is this calculator even trying to tell me? Or, oh, I have to live in this shithole, but I think I can afford more. Like, there's so many rules people put in place. But you want to talk about economic anxiety? It's not those fucking incels that are like, like, oh, this is why I'm a Nazi. No, fuck you. Like, I have economic anxiety because I've been saddled with the most debt I could possibly be saddled. And I don't know if I'll ever feel safe on the other side, regardless of how hard I work. That's fucking economic anxiety. Now whatever the fuck they're talking about on, like, fucking 4chan or whatever. I don't know if I agree with that. I think... Shut the fuck up, Bobby. I think both forms of econom- uh, economic anxiety are, like, completely valid. I hate you so the, much. No, like, the... Ever <laughs> since the Great Recession, so many... Like, we're basically at full employment right now. Unemployment yeah. is really low. But so many of the jobs that have come back have not been full-time... Full time, like benefit paying jobs. They've been okay. Like, um, like the full time freelance jobs that you see because yeah. the people that get a, a lot of retweets, a lot of them are from media. But they've been like um, contract to hire or full time, like contract jobs that don't have benefits, that pay less wages. And so, like, even though the employment level is like pretty good, people still like are not the wages are still stagnant. They're not making like what they should compared to output. Yeah. And no. so like the fact that, and middle America has been hit really, really hard by this. And so the fact that those people see, have like economic anxiety and just blame whoever is around, whether it's Democrats, like Obama is partially to blame, but whatever. Like, I don't think that you can discount that, but I also don't think that saying, Oh, you weren't like a middle aged coal miner who was laid off. You're just like a kid that went to college. 
I think yeah. that's bullshit too. I, I, I get what you're saying there. I meant it more of the real extreme of the people who are like, oh, it's, you know, this race's fault that I, you know, don't have a job or these illegal... Im-. Like, I just don't buy that. But I, I get what you're saying. It's like, when you're up against it like this, you want to kind of eliminate the competition in some way too. It's, you know, every single person who's ever struggled realizes like when you talk about hustle and what that really means that doesn't mean that i'm the fastest from point a to point b that means i can squeeze out the next guy like and it gets entrenched in you like you're working an office job and you're you know bobby's not taking a single fucking day off because he knows that like he's got a very limited window to show he's worth it if he latches on he's set for a little while if he doesn't he's back in the cycle it's like it's very much like the uh, old saying, you don't have to be able to outrun a bear, you just have to be able to outrun the slowest person exactly. running from the bear. And, I mean, I've never been one to be cutthroat, but, like, you know, that's part of the reason why some people are like, well, this is the person's fault. You just, you're desperate, you get them out of the way. But I don't want to get too deep in that, because that's a rabbit hole that leads to the darkest parts of the internet. But, so we, we basically talked about um, economic, economic anxiety and we've also kind of touched on the gray area that we feel between taking responsibility for our debt and things like that and feeling like at the same time we've gotten the short end of the stick um, economically like as far as being on this part of the curve where real output has been growing and wages have been staying exactly the same. And, like, companies are making more money off of our labor. And even though we are comfortable, like, we're still on that lower end of the curve. Yeah, and I I think it's just, like, when you talk about entitlement, which is a term that gets thrown around a lot in our generation, they can listen to my podcast right now and say, oh, well, you feel like you're entitled to this grand European vacation every year. That's not what I'm saying. It's that... When we talk about entitlement, like, well, what is anybody entitled to? Like, what's fair? And I'm looking at past generations that, you know, they came out of college with no debt. They buy a house. They travel the world if they want to. They have that option. Part of, like, our generation is, like, if you really want to, like, do something right out of college, you might just have to say, fuck it, I'll figure it out later. And that's a really dangerous game to play. It's not figured out later, like, you know, I'll find what I love. It's more of, like, I'm going to be kind of defaulting on some loans and I got to hope I make it. Like, I, I have so much respect for anybody who's an artist these days because, like, basically, you know, we make fun of certain artists, such as J. Cole, which I know Bobby does not like for going to college and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you really want to be a musician these days, don't go to college because that's the worst thing you can do. Why would you put the debt on yourself? you know, when you're already not going to be making a lot of money. So it's like, basically, we're getting to a point on in the world where it's like, well, if you want art, you kind of have to either whore yourself out like a YouTube star, or you need to kind of just accept the fact that if you're wrong, you fucked yourself more than anybody's ever fucked themselves in any other generation, essentially. Yeah, I, I can't believe that um, the literal libertarian party does as badly as it does in elections, because I feel like... The way that America works now is so libertarian, where, like, writers and artists are, like, so economically marginalized 
and the excuse as well it doesn't bring in money or it doesn't produce like money yeah and i understand that from like the market um based economy that we live in like it doesn't bring in money you don't get money from it whatever but like it sucks that we we're such like a learn to code yeah you should have majored in stem do you want fries with that society and we so um there's so much disdain for people that are try to be creative like not saying necessarily us because we're just podcasting but like people that make music people that write people that are artists it sucks that they have to be waiters and scrape by to work for their passion where if you are lucky enough to be born with the passion for making money you're like made for this world yeah and i mean that that's the two me's and this is something i talk about in therapy a lot it's the you know the me that actually gets excited about the idea of being like that businessman and just like walks into a fucking conference room and demands everybody's attention and be the cool guy and get the, you know, the deal done versus the comedy one. And honestly, at the end of the day, like I was set on a track. It was like, and comedians say this a lot of, if you can do something else, do it because it's, it's not a good job for your (laughs) mental health. First of all, but it's not a good job for money to start. If you do make it big, you could be, you know, very like hot at one moment. Now, like, it's just a very fickle industry to like make money in. Society could shift, and you're problematic. All the yeah, time. and you know it's it, it's just so many things wrapped into it that you might just not ever be a thing. So if you can do something else, do it. But for me, it was like I was set so on this track of you better take the money and run. Like you, you really don't have. And that's what I think I kept putting my mindset to and. I can blame myself for not doing comedy for a lot of things. It's just I didn't do it, and that's my fault. But there still is a very much of, like, go to school, get a good job, do comedy later, because you, you just got to, like, dig out of this for a little Like, I was just at a point where I was like, I can't be poor anymore. I just can't do it. I'm going to blow my brains out, or I'm going to, you know, make some money. And I know that sounds so shitty, but, like, some of the people I hate that have sold out, I sometimes think about it and go, you know, what am I hating on? Like, you, you got a talent... People want to pay you to sit there during a Pepsi commercial and say you like Pepsi. I fucking like Pepsi. Pepsi, if you want to pay me, you know, just DM me. I will I will say Pepsi every other word in the middle of this podcast. What Pepsi do Pepsi, you Pepsi, think Pepsi, Bobby Pepsi. Well, this is something that we talked about on our, um, our last serious podcast where we weren't just fucking around about the internet, about how you're, I mean... All that you want to do right now is sell out. We were talking about Adam Sandler and uh, Lori Loughlin's daughter. That's like a makeup, yeah, like Instagram person. Like you're very much encouraged to sell out right now, and I don't necessarily, I don't blame anyone for doing it at all. Like yeah, fucking money. But I don't. I think like part of the reason that a lot of the things that I write on my blog are what they are is because I'm afraid of like trying to write something good and it being like a bad angle or not being good and like i don't have an editor to tell me that's a bad idea and so it would just be all on me and so that's why like i still think a lot of things that i write are funny obviously i wouldn't write them if i didn't but that is like that's like a hedge that i have against it and that's a lot that's what a lot of comedians say like you you can't have a safety net or you're not really going to go for it yeah, and I, I think that was part of it for me. It was like, 
didn't really have a safety net, but I had a backup plan that just was too enticing. And this is not the episode to go down the rabbit hole of why I didn't do comedy, because, you know, I mean, a lot of that's my fault, and I don't want to admit it. This really my podcast, I'm not to that humble stage that people get in podcasting. Um, Joe Rogan's not there either, um, apparently. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things for me, it's like, when you talk about vacation, it's such a foreign idea. And to be on this other side, and then think one day... I could be sitting on a beach somewhere and think I'm just net positive. I don't have to worry about if I buy another drink because there's no debt holding me down. Like that's such a crazy concept. And when you talk about, you know, past generations of like, yeah, I got married right out of high school, married out of college. It's like, well, how can I feasibly get married, have kids buy a house until I'm like 35 now? And we're talking about like, we're pushing so far back. Fertility will be dead by the time I have enough money to be fertile. So, like, yeah, it's kind of bullshit that, you know, you expect people to stick to one plan that, you know, that's like the life plan doesn't will never match the financial plan ever again. Like, you want to talk about why we're not having kids, why we're not buying houses, like, even, you know, throw out that we can't really afford it. Just societally, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like... Even if I could afford a kid right now, it's just like, why? That that, that stops my, you know, maximum uh, potential. Like, I can't do that right now. And it's like, you know, a lot of people have had that decision making, you know, 16 through 20, anything, 30. I mean, like, you know, there is the question, do I get an abortion because the way it'll end my life? But like, it's again now, it's like, if you wanted to follow the plan of any single person that came before you generation wise you'd be the dumbest person in the world if it's anything other than I want to go be an investment banker or code. Like, it's, like, if you want to be a singer, idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to open my own restaurant, dumbass. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't do any of those things because just none of that matches up. And then you get to the point, like, I mean, we're not going to stop having restaurants. We're not going to stop having singers. Someone's thankfully dumber than I am to, you know, go for it. And then when they do make it, they're geniuses. Like, I appreciate them for doing that, but... Yeah, but you're I mean, fucking stupid to try. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's the same way with like sports writing. Like I'm sure yeah. anyone that's been through like the grind and like been laid off from a newsroom and done freelance for a while and just like not been able to catch on and like completely make it work, no matter how good they are, I'm sure they'd tell you like just do it as a hobby or something like yeah. that. Like do freelance while you're also like working at a bank, like I do. Um. I don't know. And it's it's like, I still like I still have that um, market skepticism in me um, from my younger years as like a libertarian guy. Like, oh, you're not making money, so like, how are you gonna get the money? But I don't know. It's just a shame that it's a shame that being creative, unless you're super successful, um, does not pay. Like, you should just there's get no good, incentive. Bobby. There's no incentive. Just get good. Like, exactly the same thing we were talking about in that uh, other podcast about the internet. There's no incentive to be, like, a good mid-level band. Yeah. You're not going to make money. You're going to get fucked over by Spotify, paid, like, point zero yeah. one cents on the play, or on the, like, full album play. And so, unless you're Imagine Dragons, you're fucked. Yeah, and that's always the douchey joke I go back to. It's like, tell me your favorite band. If it's a band I've heard of, they're sellouts. Because if I've heard of them, they must have sell- sold out. If I haven't heard of them, they suck. I haven't heard of them. Like, it's something you can always kind of go with. But, like, you know, 
we talk about vacations, but, you know, I'm not even just talking about thinking about paying for the vacation, and then I go, and I'm like, oh, this is worth it. This, I'm talking about, like, being on a vacation and thinking, what have I done? Like, thinking, like, that was the biggest regret of my life was going to do something for me. Yeah. Like, that anxiety is real. My first time ever in Europe was this past October. Um, my family vacations when I was younger were... We went to Disney World once right after 9-11, which kicked ass because no one was flying. And so we just... Shout out to 9-11. Yeah, Thanks 9/11. for that, bro. Asylum, we love you, brother. Um, so yeah, highly recommend, actually, after a airplane-based terrorism attack, that's when you want to fly. This is but, how we get fired from our but jobs, please. But the first <laughs> vacation that I went on, like, my family always went to Seattle City in New Jersey. It's an hour and a half away from our house. So, me going to Dublin with Isabel was the first, like, really big vacation I ever went on. It was absolutely incredible. And the fact that it was in another time zone really helped with um, worrying about work because it just felt like I was in another world. And also, Dublin is, a th- like, everything's a fucking thousand years old, so that <laughs> helps too. But, like, I took off the first Friday of the NCAA tournament. My best friend and his wife have done that for years. And I did it for the first time. I was so excited. And the whole time, I'm just like, I know they're going to call me and have questions for me. I'm going to have to answer them. And, like, I was, like, kind of nervous the whole time. And I was right. Yeah. I was just like, I can never get away from it. And if I wasn't, like, available to answer their questions, I feel like they would have been fucked and I would have been fucked. So, like, even if you take off, you need to go way the fuck away. Yeah. To get away at all. And that that's the point I want to make. It's like, the people are talking shit on us in the older generation, like... You know, they're like, put in your dues. It's like, when does it stop for us? Oh, never? Like, there, there's no point that we can be off now. Like, my personal cell phone has my work email on it. I don't have any, it's like, I used to have a work phone. No, now it's on my personal phone. My company, nice enough to reimburse me for the fact that I use it for that purpose. That's great. But you're, you're basically saying, when you agree to this, I'm 100% available. And I, I know people who work with clients and like clients will text them at three in the morning because that person cares much more than the other person does. And like, I'm, I'm not talking about just even in my job. I'm talking about like anybody's job. You know, you have to be on and I'm looking up to these guys who are like, you know, putting your tune. I'm like, you, you do realize I'll never be in your spot. I'll never be able to relax like this. I will never be the cool dad at the beach who's just chilling out because I'm probably not going to be a dad because the idea of it, just everything I've gone through scares the shit out of me to, to put that on somebody else. Uh, I'm not going to be cool because anxiety is just running through my veins at all times, which is partly me. I mean, welcome to the podcast if you haven't heard it before. But also partly, like, Bobby feels it too, and Bobby's the guy that we bring on the podcast to balance me. And this is one of the few times where, like, we talk about loans – Bobby has way more loans than I do. We've we've proven that just by telling you the numbers. And you look back to anything in Bobby's life or my life, and then all of our friends' lives, every single one of us settled, like, you know, to the idea we're going to go to college and then we're saddled with the debt. Go look at any of us and tell us what we did wrong and what we did to deserve it. So when people are saying, no, you can't abolish the debt, you know, that's not how life works. You're so entitled. You fucked us. You were not punished. The housing crisis, you bailed out the banks with our tax dollars. And then when we say, 
hey, it's our turn. You fucked us. You need to be punished. Give us the relief. Why are you so entitled? Thanks. Thanks, government. Fuck you. And that's how I get killed by the government. I've totally blown the door open, Bobby. Government, you dumped. I, I, I'm going to be one of those YouTube videos. This guy shuts down the government in 10 seconds. We're socialists and we're out on the government. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. I, I'm high-stepping here. <laughs> this is now a pro-socialism podcast. I mean, it always was. Um, but, you know, we're going to pivot from the mental health to um, full-on hammers and sickles over here. Um, so, welcome, my friends. Vooby Styles <laughs> is Vooby Styles. Yeah. Are we finishing this episode now? I think we can. Yeah, I got to pee again, and I got some burning pee, so... I'm surprised you held it this long. Yeah, it's real testament to my ability to... It's testament um, to the size of your dick, but the pee has not reached the tip yet. Yeah, I mean, crawl. you got uh, you to gotta give it up for the old pee-pee there, but, um, yeah, it's just... It's just, you can see how worked up I am right now, Bobby. You know, it's it's the stage strength. You know, you get that uh, stage immunity where if you if you're really passionate about something that you're you're on for, um, your body will transcend and then you will immediately collapse after. Um, but you know that's what we do here at Neurotica. We we study the mind and the body. We study all of it. It's holistic. Um, you know, we we just want to you know invite people. To come to some of our events, um, you know, yeah, we wear the same clothes. We like to do a lot of the same things. Um, people call me master. Um, you like powdered I, sugar drinks? Yeah. Non-branded? No, not branded at all. A little bit of fizz to them just for a little flavor. Um, and, you know, if we just trust it, we'll land on the mothership. Um Damn it, did we just do the cult episode again? It's our next vacation to the mothership. Ah, did we do the cult episode again, Bobby? Are you not seeing this? I don't understand what you're talking about. We're we landing, already... We're we, landing on the mothership for vacation. We already did this. It's not a big deal. All right, well, you listen to Neurotica. You can always follow us at Neurotica the Pod. Bobby has uh, access to the account now, which is probably not good news. It's so if you don't want to hear from Bobby, follow me at CodeRan. Bobby, where should they follow you at? What should uh, they check out from yours? At Booby underscore styles for my uh, personal account. At Kleiss is Boring for the blog account. Most recent blog was about Flyers fans turning on Kate Smith for writing a mean song about Gritty, but being fine with... That's why Darkies were born. Yeah, and I, that's fair enough. Um, you got any Twitch stuff you want to promote? Yes, uh, follow Coderan on Twitch. Hell yeah, that's why you get a co-host... Just to flame your own shit up. Anyway, you've been listening to Erotica. Thank you so much. Uh, Abolish the government. Bye.